Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everyone. I'm Trey Strolko from the Sons of UCF, joined by Eric Lopez of the Black and Gold Banneret. Welcome to Around the Kingdom. Elo, much like the UCF Knights, you're undefeated. Trace, welcome back, man. It's been forever since we've last done a show. A lot of UCF victories in between. That is true. We're going to be talking about that Villanova game and really a lot more time spent talking about this upcoming Kansas State game. Before we get going, let us welcome in the third member of this team, he is Adam Eaton of the Sons of UCF. Keeps us on our toes, keeps us on time, unless I roll right through the stop cues. Uh, hello, Adam. I'm just glad you're back, Trace, and you get Wally pipped uh, by UCF Mike <laughs> uh, this week. And I should remind you both, UCF still undefeated on a week around the kingdom is aired. Coincidence? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I like that stat. All right. We'll see you in a bit, Adam. Let's get going, Elo. UCF moves to 3-0 with a 48-14 victory over Villanova. Let us begin with what we really liked. You start. What's one from you? I like the fact the game was never in question. Like, really, from the opening kick, UCF took it to Villanova. Uh, there was no drama, no, you know, sense of concern. Uh, that's what you need to do when you play inferior teams. So that was very nice that, you know, pretty much by the first quarter, you knew this game was going to be a nice, easy UCF win. Uh, and nice, you know, tune-up. Let me give you an easy one here. I'll steal this from you. Timmy McLean steps in for the injured John Rice Plumley, 20 of 28, right? He had a pretty clean game, no turnovers, right? He ran the ball effectively, didn't put his body in harm's way. And uh, I liked that. Uh, Timmy started a little rough, but settled into the game. Going to have a much more serious challenge coming up. But I'm glad that his first game was in the bounce house and against Villanova, rather than starting on the road uh, at Kansas State. Well, if Timmy McClain has plenty of experience playing inferior teams from his prior stop. But uh, I like the defense, right? They dominated Villanova. They didn't give them anything, really. I mean, gave the backups gave up kind of meaningless touchdowns. Defensive line continues to be solid through the first three weeks. I think they have lived up to the hype so far, Trace. Well, let me mention somebody on the defense. Uh, John Walker. Uh, the true freshman, uh, two tackles for loss in this game. Uh, he's playing effectively early, settling into the season. Uh, he's getting some reviews, rave reviews. So uh, you like seeing his emergence on that defense. So he is a plus out of this game. No question about that. 
I kind of like the atmosphere. I was not expecting that good of a crowd, Trace. You were there for the Villanova game. It seemed like a really great crowd. Uh, we've always talked about, you know, you talked about whether they're going to come out to see play teams play Villanova. Well, they kind of did here, Trace. Good atmosphere. Yeah, it was a good atmosphere. And you could tell uh, as the, you know, the crowd was filing in that it was going to be a solid crowd. Uh, they announced uh, the sellout for that one and it felt pretty good. Uh, so I agree with you. The, the vibe was good. I mentioned Timmy McClain clean in this game. No turnovers by UCF. And we had seen that in the first two games. You know, the John Rice Plumley mistakes in the opening win at Kent State. And then those two interceptions, not really his fault, of course, uh, at Boise State. So they played a clean game, which is important because if you lose that turnover margin, it makes it very difficult to win no matter who you're playing. And that's something no doubt we'll talk about is an important key to the game coming up uh, at Kansas State. I like McLean's poise and mechanics. And I said the same thing about Plumlee earlier this year. Darren Hinshaw, to me, has made a difference in that quarterback room. I think these guys are much more disciplined in the mechanics, making the right reads. Now, there'll be a, the, the challenge goes up a level. But I've liked what I've seen from the quarterbacks of Plumlee and McLean through the eyes of Darren Hinshaw. Boom. Boom. That means we're moving on. Now, despite a blowout, Trace, I am sure. You're not happy about something. So what well, do you certainly... not like about this UCF dominant win over Villanova? It's certainly not the amount of time that Zombie Nation was played or not played, which seemed to upset some of our fans. Penalties. Uh, some key penalties in this game held this offense from scoring even more points. Special teams play as well. Uh, penalties, which are those sort of mistakes that you cannot make in a tight Big 12 game, especially on the road. And I think that uh, that is something that I would like to see cut down uh, in this coming game. I think you're uh, asking for a lot of penalties. <laughs> I feel like that's who we are. Uh, part of it. Uh, all right, I'm going to be the guy. I didn't like the jersey one. Didn't like it. Can we, like, do, how many how many different versions of jerseys do we need, Trace? Like helmet, you know, like, come on. Like, you know, at some point, you're like, you know, let's – just wear the same stuff here once in a while. Like, how many different things are we going to have to wear, Trace? Because I'm watching the game, like, wait, who's this team? Oh, wait, that's us. That's right. <laughs> well, especially they're playing a team with the, uh, the powder blue and white. Uh, you could have thought maybe they were wearing Citronaut <laughs> colors. <laughs> uh, let me mention another thing I'm not big on. There were three games in, while well, 3-0. and oh, Still trying to figure out the offensive line. Still trying to figure out who's going to be the center on this team. Caden Kittler comes in, Drake Metcalf with a couple of false starts, uh, and uh, it's a rare time when you see Gus Malzahn from the podium not very happy about a particular play, uh, a player. Uh, so that needs to be cleaned up. And boy, you know, battle of the offensive and defensive lines uh, coming up in Manhattan, Kansas. Uh, still trying to figure that out. I'd have liked to have seen that straightened out long before we got to week three and now week four. I didn't like how Timmy McLean stayed as long as he did. I thought Dylan Riss should have come in a little earlier. We have a history, Trace, of quarterbacks getting hurt. Can we, like, not, like, try to play him as long when we don't have to? That was it. But it's nitpicking. This is all nitpicking. It is nitpicking. Boom! All right. So, I think if we look back a couple of weeks to our predictions, we both had the Knights 3-0 and after three right. games, right? So, let's grade – Offense, defense, special teams, you first. Offense, overall, now two quarterbacks, a road win at Boise in the last second field goal by Colton Boomer, but 3-0 and in this first quarter of the season. I'm going to go a high B. I think the only reason I'm not going with the A's because of the turnovers early, especially in the red zone in the Boise game. But 
they've been among the best in running the football. They've been up there in total offense. They're moving the football. I like all of those things. The inferior competition in two of the three games certainly kind of gets you to pause in the turnovers. Otherwise, it'd be an A+. Yeah, I'm just sticking with a, a straight B on this one. Uh, penalties, turnovers, the mistakes. Uh, they left points on the, the field at Boise. Should have never come down to that field goal. Some still some struggles in the in the red zone has plagued this team in the early going. So hard to give them an A despite the uh, the, the lofty statistics uh, through three games. What about defense? That has been a concern of yours, especially the secondary. Again, Kent State, Villanova, not the biggest challenge and test, but what do you give them? A minus. They've allowed the three opponents under 20 points in the three games. I think the defensive line so far is so good. Uh, they've put the pressure on. They've dominated the line of scrimmage. Again, it's the inferior opponent, but I, I like what I've seen from them. They're forcing turnovers, which is something they didn't do last year, Trey. So, uh, you know, again, we can nitpick some things, you know, secondary up beating on a couple of plays here and there. But overall, I, I, I'm very pleased. You know, it begs the question, when you do what you're supposed to do, does that automatically qualify as an A? Again, I think these are three games that they were supposed to win. There's some question whether they were going to win at Boise. I still have them as, as a B here. You gave them credit for turnovers, but there have been opportunities for more turnovers that they've not capitalized on. And, and the bar was very low, right, after last season where there weren't a lot of turnovers. So they're getting some more. But really, they didn't force a lot of turnovers, just the one uh, against Villanova. And that's an inferior opponent that they should have capitalized more on. So also putting pressure on the quarterback while we're giving credit to the defense, defensive line, uh, not enough sacks for my leg, not enough keeping pressure on the quarterback. So for me, a B as well on this one. What about special teams? I'm going to go A because of Colton Boomer. Uh, he won the game against Boise State. He's been fantastic with the with the field goals, the kickoffs, you name it. I'm going to give it big an, an A because of Colton Boomer. Again, I feel like we are nitpicking a little bit on a 3-0 and team with any grade other than an A. But special teams, A, Colton Boomer wins the game at Boise. Uh, for the most part, other than some offsides on kickoffs. What's that about uh, in this past game against Villanova? Uh, they've gotten effective putting from Mitch McCarthy. And uh, in return game, you know, they still haven't broken the big one, uh, but uh, you, you see the potential there. Uh, so I'd say A. And really, again, 3-0 and is exactly where you expect them to be after three games. And listen, they won a game on special teams. When's the last time we said that around here? It's been a long, long time. Well, despite the 3-0 record trace, Vegas ain't a believer. They are an eight-point underdog to Kansas State in the Big 12 opener this Saturday in the Little Apple, as they like to call it, mm -hmm. in Manhattan, Kansas. With that and the fact that UCF still mm -hmm. has about as many AP votes as this show does, <laughs> Trace, what's with the no respect? Who have they beaten? This is the first real test. If UCF wants to gain a little notoriety across the country, and especially in the Big 12 early on in the season, they got to go to the little Manhattan, and they got to get a win. Again, Kent State, Villanova, those were automatic wins. Boise should have been close. UCF's mistakes kept that close. So I don't know why automatically you think that they should be earning votes or be in that top 25. They're the new kid on the block in this league, and they're not going to get the automatic benefit of the doubt. We joke, right, the SEC, Mississippi State can have four losses late in the season. They'll be 23rd ranked. UCF's not to that point yet. And I think if you go to Kansas State and get that win, I think you'll earn more of that respect. What didn't help, though, is Kansas State's coming off the loss to Missouri, which knocked them out of the top 25. 
So I'm not sure how much more credit you're going to get. Like, you know, if you can't stay with a state in the top 25, I think UCF gets more credit, but may not. It's kind of interesting from that development. I agree with you. They haven't played anybody. Um, nobody's really talking about them nationally. And as we'll get into it, television, television seems not to care about CF either. But uh, that's okay. Go under the radar for a change. I personally like it. Do you like it, Trace? You know, the, when they're in the American, they had to make some noise and, hey, this is a team that could crash the party. That storyline's dead now, Trace, because we're one of them. So I do think that also <laughs> plays a factor. Uh, and uh, even with a win, they might get dismissed a bit because yep. of the number of injuries that Kansas State has coming into this game. Uh, all sorts of injuries. Uh, imagine that, head coach being pretty forthcoming. No, media availability about injuries. Uh, <gasps> credit they deserve but in order to get some credit they need to go on the road and win i concur i very much concur with that uh, well you uh, you mentioned respect sometimes that is from the tv time slot sometimes the announcers that cover your game maybe from home uh <laughs> the 3 30 time slot for baylor at ucf ucs first home game in the big 12 Maybe this another sign, Elo. You follow this pretty closely. UCF ain't getting no respect here either. No, it's interesting too. The three thirty kick's not bad, but what's interesting the designation of the TV slot. It's either going to be an FS one or FS two. What's FS two, Elo? Where is it? You, uh, how many? Raise your hand, all of you watching or listening to this show. How many times have you had to tune into FS two? I know. I don't know where it is. I, I don't think I've ever watched anything. Well, on there's it. no reason to. The only time you've had to watch it is if that there's a re-air of something. And this does is, it have any original programming? I mean, what is on it? FS2? A lot of replays of games that aired on FS1. And then why do they even have that channel? It's just an overflow for games. It's a that, yeah um, overflow. I mean, I think they had some ideas when they first came up with this concept, and they realized, hey, we don't have enough content for both channels. Why would uh, this TV designation be up in the air at this point? Why, why a, would FS2 be in play at this point? It's a great question, especially with the game that it's going head to head against, which is Houston and Texas Tech. Your your Red Raiders. Maybe if they're they will they want to put them on FS1. Here we go again with that. Yeah, you strike again. If UCF loses, here's what I'm worried about. If UCF loses to Kansas State, FS3 and, and Baylor. <laughs> I mean, they might as well. Baylor loses to Texas. That might get designated to FS2, and we might be talking about maybe one of the least-watched UCF sporting events ever You think television. that draws less than ESPN+. Plus? Yes. Uh, oh, right. That's right there. Yeah, it would be right there. And what's so disappointing, Trace, here's what disappoints me. I wrote about this on blackandgoldbanneret.com is Houston just had their home opener on National Fox against TCU. Cincinnati – has their home opener for the Big 12 on Fox. Big noon kickoff. They got the show with Urban Meyer. Yeah, and, and but that's Cincinnati. because of Oklahoma, not because Fair enough. of Cincinnati. BYU is going to open at Kansas on ESPN and then have their home opener against Cincinnati on a Friday night on ESPN. UCF has yet to be on any of those channels. Clearly, of the four new members, Trace, UCF has been fourth on the list as far as the newcomers, as far as TV slots are concerned. But how much of this has to do with Baylor being a tremendous disappointment into the season and not a lot expected of them? So is this more a knock on the yeah, opponent I think Baylor than on UCF? Okay, but that what you're basically saying is UCF's dependent on the opponent. And what that tells me is you that – and TV might agree with you on this. 
that UCF cannot carry its own weight like other programs can, right? That's the issue. That, it's that too early to know this, right? And UCF was a decent draw in the American. It's too it's too early to know this. We will see, but it's it's I'm a little it's a little disconcerting. Plus, if you watch the national coverage, not a lot of Big Twelve talk to begin with. The only Big Twelve talk you see is Oklahoma and Texas. What does that mean moving forward for the Big Twelve, especially with Deion Sanders coming to the Big Twelve, who actually knows how to move the needle? Mm. FS two or bust, right? Oh. Hey, Elo, let's bring back in Adam. Time for a silly little game, Adam. We can't do a game, friends, without a good stiff drink. And luckily, we know people who can help you with that. It's the Sultry Spirit. They can bring a touch of magic to your next event. Let them take your party to the next level. They specialize in creative twists on classic cocktails, making every sip unforgettable. They are a mobile bartending service for all your needs, whether it's a wedding, corporate event, party, tailgate. Their bartenders shake up the perfect drinks to keep the good times flowing. Contact the, the Sultry Spirit either on Instagram at the Sultry Spirit or by calling 941-567-7062. Miles is a proprietor there. He is a UCF alum. He's also doing gambling picks on sonsucf.com. Cheap plug there. But again, if you need to get your party turned up a little bit, make sure you contact the Sultry Spirit, 941-567-7062. And just for you, you tell them you heard about him here uh, as a part of Around the Kingdom and Sons UCF. 10% off your event and and a special gift. Make sure you make that call, mm. friends. All right. Let's make a call. I'm going to ask each of you to make a call here. These are yes, no questions. You can you can pick either or whatever you want to do here. The NFL announced today 173 total names who are in the pool to be elected to the 2024 NFL Hall of Fame. It includes two former UCF Knights, Brandon Marshall and Josh Sitton. Here's your questions. A, do either of these guys get in? And B, if you could only pick one of them, who would you pick? Eric, I'll start with you. Do either get in? And if you could only pick one, who do you pick? No, I don't think either gets in. Uh, I think uh, if one of them were to get in, I actually think it's Josh Sitton. A lot hard, easier for an offensive lineman that has stood out like Sitton's career to get in than a Brandon Marshall where wide receivers now put up numbers in record numbers. So while Marshall's numbers are tremendous, never played in a postseason game, was he ever regarded as the best receiver in the NFL? Probably not. Josh Sitton was one of the best linemen in the NFL. Plus, he won a Super Bowl with Green Bay. He has the best shot. I don't think either get in, uh, but I'll disagree with Elo and say over time, I think Brandon Marshall has a more compelling case. I think Josh Sitton will get lost if he doesn't make it in one of his early seasons of uh, eligibility. One thing to take note of is the, the size of the position groups. 23 wide receivers are eligible, 25 linemen. They typically won't pick multiples from those positions. So I think both of them have a, uh, have a tough road. All right, here's the next one. Again, you get to pick one. Which of these two players has had a better sophomore campaign so far? Xavier Townsend or Nakai Martinez? Trace, I'll go to you. Xavier Townsend, Nakai Martinez. Who's had a better sophomore season so far in your opinion? Xavier Townsend, uh, a favorite of mine. Uh, I, I, I'll go with him in this. Uh, I, I think he's had uh, uh, a better uh, start to the season. I'm going to go Martinez. I we I talked to Trey Beal on night shift, the post game following the UCF win plug there. Uh, he's impressed with him. He could be the next great defensive back. You know, we talked about the defensive secondary. Who's going to be the playmaker? He was impressed with him. And uh, if UCF's going to be successful this year, I think it's going to be him. Townsend, I just don't know how often he's going to get used on a game-by-game -game basis because there's so many options offensively. 
All right, last one. I'm going to turn you two into Olympic judges. You're both Olympic judges here, and you need to give me a score of 1 to 10. Eric, I'm going to start with you. I need you to judge Lee Hunter's belly flop from the Villanova game. Eric, what score do you give Lee Hunter's belly flop from the Villanova game? 9-6. It's a strong. 9-6. like the belly flop. I'm all about it. Bring it on. All right, Trace, I know you are a uh, an admitted Lee Hunter admirer. I imagine you like his work in all areas, including the belly flop. What do you score him on the belly flop versus Villanova? Certainly higher than the disrespect Elo has shown him. 9.9. Wow. That was a good one. It was a good belly flop, by the way. That, that had to hurt. 9.9, nine. Nine. that's high. Yeah, well, I got to go higher than you. I, oh, I didn't know that was the that was the case in the rules. Okay. We're playing a legal deal there. Uh, I'll let you two fight it out the rest of the show. <laughs> All right. Let's move All right, on. Thank you, Adam. See you in a bit. All right. Let's move it on. Let's move it on, Trace. Let's talk a little Big 12 around the Big 12. Oh, some interesting results. Texas and Oklahoma keep rolling. TCU, as I mentioned, beat Houston. Oklahoma State gets blown out by South Alabama. At home. They lost Yikes. at home. Mike Gundy playing three quarterbacks may not be any good. Uh, what's your big takeaway from the Big 12 right now? Through one quarter of the season, nothing disrupts the narrative that Oklahoma and Texas are heading to that Big 12 title game. That's why yet another reason it's important that UCF go to Kansas State and make a statement that they can be a player in this Big 12 race. That, to me, is uh, the point right now. You know, uh, Who else... Uh, besides Oklahoma and Texas, would you put in that Big 12 title game right now after three games? And I don't think it's fair to say UCF is playing better through three games than either Oklahoma or Texas. We're having tech issues like the Big 12 is having issues on the field because you have Iowa State losing to Ohio. Smooth. Thank smooth. You. you got Cincinnati losing at home. BYU did beat Arkansas, but I agree with you. It's a big game for UCF. I think OU, Texas for now are your two best teams. But I think UCF, Kansas, Kansas, somebody can move up to that 3-4 spot. And as I said before the season, Trace, UCF could end up with this. Little Pop-Tarts, some Pop-Tart <laughs> Bowl. That's what I'm going for. Eight, nine wins is reasonable for UCF, Trace. With Eight, a win nine. Saturday. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, even if they lose to Kansas State, you look at their schedule. I think Oklahoma State is a winnable game right now. Baylor. The, the issues quarterback, Baylor's winnable game. I'm guaranteeing a win at the end of the year against Houston. I think Houston might be the worst team in the league. West Virginia? West Virginia's not great either. That's seven wins right there. If you could split the Kansas games, you know, win at Lubbock, that's eight, nine wins. And you're going to Orlando for the Pop-Tart Bowl. And who knows? Maybe well, eight, nine wins is going to do you better than the Pop-Tart Bowl. Oh, I got a little. Oh, I don't know. Well, it depends on how the bowl. I mean, we're new to this, okay? We're we're not used to having quality. Isn't bowl. that that was an Oklahoma game in that bowl that was last six year? Wins. Last so, year, uh, the brand was yeah. Maybe they could. pop tart bowl putting out its uh, bowl projections recently, and UCF has moved into a possibility in that bowl. There you go. And, and a four and zero start with Baylor coming home and the excitement surrounding that game, perhaps even making it to FS one. Uh, with the win at Kansas State. Will the, uh, will the crew, will the broadcast crew actually show up for that? Yeah, probably not. Uh, probably not. That's but the slog begins now for the Big 12. They start to beat each other yes. up, and that's going to be interesting to see. The attrition uh, and the battles now, week in and week out. We'll see how the newbies fare uh, in this Big 12 when they, they start to play. Cincinnati does Oklahoma, and UCF plays Kansas State amongst the other uh, newbies in action. And Texas needs to prove they're not going to slip up 
like they've done in the past. They'll be in Waco this weekend. So we'll see what happens uh, with that. So that, to me, that's going to be the interesting storylines with the Big 12 as far as that's concerned, Trace. Is, do these teams beat each other up to the point where they knock each other out of the playoffs? We'll see. Uh, most recently, uh, UCF Athletics announcing its Hall of Fame class. Six names on that class, or was it seven? Seven, I think. Was seven. The, the number seven, yeah. Uh, including the, uh, you know, Mark Daniels in that class, uh, 2007 cheerleaders. What's your big takeaway? What, what, did they get this right? Well, I like the fact it's a huge class. I like the fact if you're going to put non-athletes in, that it's not at the expense of the athlete. You still have the same amount of athletes you would in a, in a normal five-person class. Obviously, you have John Hitt, who helped UCF build the university to where it is now to get to the Big 12. Gene McDowell, which has been a polarizing topic for many years, gets in. Uh, many uh, give credit for helping build the football program to get him the Division One landscape. You can't have UCF athletics without a soundtrack from Mark Daniels. I think it's all fitting that they get in in the first year of the Big 12 class. But I also like the athletes that are in, like Kyle Bono, the baseball pitcher, part of the A-Sun era there when they were successful. They were kind of like the mini Pope Arnold. You have arguably one of the great, if not the greatest, softball player in Shelby Turnier getting in, and then a great volleyball player, Delana Sarton, who prior to McKenna Melville was in the conversation for best volleyball player. So it's a good, strong class. I like the fact that six or seven. I think it should be six or seven moving Why? forward. Why, Why so big? Because I think there's a lot of athletes that have been uh, not represented. And I think the reason, you know, from past, with the Olympic sports in particular, football will always be represented, rightfully so. But I think you there is a lot of great athletes, especially women athletes, that have not gotten the recognition that still deserve to be recognized from the years past. So I think six or seven would be good, but uh, I'm okay with it. Well, you're going to need six or seven to be admitted if you're going to put in so many non-athletes, right? right. Now, my only question here, Dr. Hitt, perhaps he should have gone in sooner, but now you are putting in two posthumous which is hard to say, by the way, Elo. Two props to you. Props to you. Uh, both he and, and Gene McDowell. While I see the merits for it, I do think if you're going to have rules, uh, you know, then you have to adhere to them. And and I don't know, understand the criteria. You know, considering the the legal issues that he faced, it opens the door to others then that have deserving careers at UCF or the conversation, whether the, the Hall of Fame Selection Committee opens the doors for them. But when you're going to bend your rules or ignore your rules, I think you undermine your rules. Well, you open yourself up to criticism down the road if certain athletes that have had some issues off the field are like, wait, why are they not in? Why did you let this person in? The irony of all this, traits is one of the people that was kind of blocking Gene McDowell for a lot of years was John Hitt, the president, <laughs> the Hitt. university president. Has a say in who gets in in the Hall of Fame, as does the Certain A. Certain irony there, huh? That they yeah. both go in at the same time. <gasps> Curious to see who represents each of them during the ceremonies and uh, who brings in Mark Daniels. Who's Yeah, I, that's the part I'm fascinated. He's always been the host of the Hall of Fame. Uh, and, you know, we'll see if they have one or not. That'll be Friday night, November 10th, the night before the Oklahoma State game. They'll be honored at the Oak State game uh, Saturday. All right, let's turn to attention. Mention the Olympic sports, Trace. Big takeaways. You were at sub in soccer, the big top five showdown. UCF West Virginia, 2 2 draw. Men's soccer ranked third in the country coming out Tuesday, the highest ranking of any UCF sport ever. They will get set to take on number one Marshall this Saturday in the Sun Belt. Women's volleyball gets set for Big 12 play at Cincinnati. Women's soccer coming off their first ever uh, Big 12 win, first ever event in the UCF beating West Virginia. What's your big takeaway from the Olympic sports, Trace? 
main takeaway is that each of those sports have started off well. And uh, now we're going to be in the heart of Big 12 play. Of course, the standout story is men's soccer. But again, women's soccer, as you mentioned, get that Big 12 win. But really, the story is men's soccer. They fell behind early, early goal uh, by West Virginia. They battled back. It was a satisfying draw, unlike blowing a two-goal lead with uh, a then-ranked FIU. That was an unsatisfying draw. So, so far, so good. But as we said about football, we're going to say now about these teams they are in the heart of their seasons uh, for men's soccer in the Sun Belt uh, battles ahead at Marshall. Uh, but so far, I'd say a couple weeks in, satisfying start for all three. I think it's fitting that UCF women's soccer is the first program to get a Big 12 conference win in the Big 12. I think it's fitting with the history they have. But the big story is men's soccer. My goodness. Number three in the country, Trace. They are playing number one Marshall this weekend. If they beat Marshall, they might be the number one ranked team in the country come next week. No UCF sports team has ever been in that ranking. They are a College Cup national title contender. We have a national title contender on campus. And for all you soccer fans out there, all you Orlando City soccer season ticket holder fans, come out to the top soccer complex, support UCF soccer. You know you're going to get beat up by Messi in the Messi Soccer League anyway. I'm telling you, UCF <laughs> men's soccer is the way the wave right now, Trace. Ride the wave. Ride the wave. Now, it was an enjoyable game. First top uh, five matchup between two sports on the UCF campus when four West Virginia against five UCF. So that was a very entertaining game. All right, let's bring back in Adam. What we get right, what we get wrong. Update us, Adam. All right, I got you. So a couple of facts. You guys are talking uh, football off the top here. So a few fun facts for you. On the defensive side of the football, UCF is ranked number 27 overall in defense in the country. Number 16 in scoring defense. Obviously, you haven't played a lot of tough competition, but good stats there. You talked about penalties. UCF number 68 in the NCAA, averaging six per game, right about middle of the pack. And turnovers was interesting. UCF number uh, number 77, they've lost five turnovers. Number 83, they've only gained three back. So a negative net two on the turnover ratio. Kansas State injuries, quarterback Will Howard, linebacker Daniel Green, uh, running back Treshawn Ward. Um, uh, Howard potentially will play. Looks like Green and Ward may not play. So we'll keep you updated throughout the week on that. Uh, I checked the FS2 uh, channel listings, Trace, at 6 p.m. this evening. PBA Bowling was on. Right now we're recording this right about 8 o'clock. Uh, Saudi Pro League Soccer Magazine oh, is currently wow. on FS2. I don't know if you... I don't know if you set your DVR. And Eric, one last one for you. What flavor of Pop-Tart do we have on the screen there? Uh, that's the, I haven't opened the bag, so it's a mystery bag. We had strawberry at the Florida okay. State LSU game. I think if UCF plays in the Pop-Tart Bowl, Adam, that Trey should grab those Pop-Tarts for you because he was not a believer. I'm, I'm all in. I'm all in. Get as many as you can, Trace. Which flavor do well. you prefer, Adam? Uh, give me, um, I think the OG um, brown cinnamon brown sugar with the with the frosting on it. I think that's the that's the answer. There you go, Trace. All right, one more thing, Elo. Open up the pop tarts. Let us know what the flavor is. Diesel, aka Shaquille O'Neal, will be performing in the pregame concert before homecoming uh, Saturday, October twenty eighth, prior to the UCF versus West Virginia game. Shaq is the headliner. What do you make of that? It's an upgrade over Jonathan Isaac being your celebrity guy at the stadium. I'll tell you that. I'm I'm down for that. Is he going to sing Foosh Nickens? Not Alonzo Mourning. Not at prison later. I mean, come on. This is the old time. I'm, this is big. This is the biggest guest UCF's ever had for the pregame party. Right? Right? Uh, yeah, probably. Especially with his ties locally. Uh, so, yeah. 
Sorry, an unprecedented correction, Eric. You you flipped those two. It's not a Christian Leitner, not Alonzo Mourning. Just Thank unprecedented. You. Well, I, I, you're the rap expert, Adam. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> All right, Elo. Look for uh, new episodes midweek every week of Around the Kingdom on the Suns of UCF YouTube channel, also on the Suns podcast feed. Thank you, Adam. And uh, for Eric Lopez, I'm Trey Strelko. Thank you, everyone, for joining us for Around the Kingdom. Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.